Welcome, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 109th ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm great, Cameron. How are you? I'm doing really well. Cardinals are playing playoff baseball. Mm. I'm rocking my Albert Pujols Cardinals jersey, and I was listening to them in, on the radio on the way over to the studio. They're winning. We love a good uh, Red October, right? Oh, yeah. Mm. And they're beating the Padres in the wild card round. We were just talking about the Major League Baseball playoff uh, structure this year is interesting yeah. due to the shortened season. And we couldn't even remember exactly what the playoff structure was before <laughs> 2020, yeah. before COVID, with the wild card game and whatnot. I'll be honest, I haven't paid as much attention to baseball in recent years as I used to. Uh, part of that's not having fox sports midwest on my tv yeah it was nice as a kid uh we had that channel and i watched the cardinals every single night growing Mm -hmm. up yeah but when they're when they're in the playoffs i i do pay attention a little bit more for sure kind of a fair weather fan in that regard yeah me too. when i was listening on the radio i was like man i do not know who some of these players are (laughs) (laughs) like oh matt carpenter okay okay yadier molina oh yeah i got that and then they would say some names. I was not exactly sure if they were talking about the Cardinals or the Padres. Yeah, they got some guys that have been on the team for a long time, like Molina and, mm-hmm. and Wainwright, both guys who still m- play and are good. Yeah, yeah. Wainwright's had a really good year. Yeah, that's actually shocking, at his age and after his injuries and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, pe- people are not here to listen to us talk about Cardinals baseball. They some, might be. Some of them probably don't mind it, but there's <laughs> probably some people that despise it. Um, they're here to hear, hear us talk about Mizzou football specifically this week. We can do that. Um, before we get into the meat of the episode, we do have a, just one news item, I believe, is all we could muster. Uh, Aubrey Miller and Chris Sheeran have opted out of the 2020 season. So that's that. Yeah, uh, Chris Sheeran, that news came out literally at like kickoff of the game last weekend, which to me is probably the most confusing one of maybe in of all the opt-outs because I think he was in line to get quite a bit of playing time had heard some good things about him and uh yeah I I don't know it's, like we've talked about in the past it may not be all um performance related stuff there may be some other things outside of the game of football that we that we don't know about and you know that we respect his decision but uh time timely uh opt out and it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense in that in that regard but um and i don't even i don't know why you go through all the practices and all that stuff though i mean it seems like he's had time to make that decision if that was something other than football but do we do we know we talked about this last week and the answer was no we have we don't know um what does that actually mean to opt out though like are players still practicing are they going to meetings anything like that or are they just like taken a semester off from football like i i have no idea i wish i knew uh, um because they don't lose any eligibility i'm right. not really sure yeah why they wouldn't just play but yeah i don't know surely though if the reason they're opting out is covid related then they're not going to be you know going to interacting with the team or else right and and coach Trinkwitz has, has said you know these players will be welcomed back whenever it's time for that and uh, uh we'll we'll see how it goes though yeah. you know i i think that uh those guys will have to earn their spot back uh, for whatever spot they did have they're gonna have to re-earn that spot and prove to the team that they're uh, that they're committed and ready to go uh aubrey miller is a guy that we had high hopes for f- for years now and has never really panned out he was like third string on the depth chart whenever that came out last week so yeah all right that's enough news uh Kyle, I forgot one other thing I'm great about is, uh, or one other reason I'm great is today is International Podcast Day. Really? Yeah. Wow, congratulations to us. Yeah. Uh, today is actually my birthday, and yesterday was Cameron, producer Cameron's birthday. Yes. Sorry about that. I was doing a fake out there. I was I was trying to make you think that I was going to talk about your birthday, <laughs> but then I talked about International Podcast well, Day. Well, I thought that since you were talking about days, notable days, I might yeah. as well just throw that out there that we're both... Uh, having birthdays yeah so. it's birthday season it is here at the missouri sports podcast absolutely yeah my birthday was back in june but uh you know when you go back to back like that that's worth that's worth celebration not everybody can be born in the great month of september true yeah um i think people want to hear us talk about this uh this first game of the season that happened against alabama but before we do that 
want to let everybody know that this episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast is brought to you by the Missouri Sports Podcast t-shirt. Kyle's wearing one right now if you're watching on YouTube. And the Missouri Sports Podcast sticker. If you want either one of those things, you may purchase those at, what's it called, Producer Cameron? Uh, Missouri Sports Pod. Dot bigcartel.com. Missouri Sports Pod. Bigcartel.com. Maybe we'll put a link in the description for we, that. We definitely will. The t shirt is only $15. The steal. It's and a bargain. You're that, stealing from us. That's an incredible deal. And we do not have very many quantity of certain sizes. And when it's gone, it's gone. We'll have to reorder. So get it while it's hot. Uh, how much are stickers, producer Cameron? Do you know off the top of your head? Or you can you can three dollars. My goodness, mm. you got to be kidding me! Oh, just giving that kind of stuff out, man. You're just giving them away. So yeah, check out bigcartel dot. No, sorry, Missouri Sports Pod dot bigcartel dot com. Yes, I don't even want to know what you had to do to get that domain name. <laughs> yeah, that must be expensive. Uh, get yourself a T-shirt. Get a sticker. I've got one on on the back glass of my truck. Looks really nice. It does. Uh, now, let's talk about this Alabama game. Mm. Uh, Alabama came into Columbia and beat the Tigers 38 to 19. Should have been 20. Should have been 20. Cameron, this was an interesting college football day. Uh, we we had a later game, so we got to see the rest of the day unfold before kickoff of the Missouri game. This was a good day for uh, for underdogs. Um, I should have thought about who uh, performed well before I said that statement, but Kansas, Kansas State, State beat Oklahoma. That I mean. That that's big right there. Yeah, that's huge. And uh, who Kansas, else? Uh, Oklahoma out of the playoff. Out of the play. Big Twelve out of the playoff. Yeah. Honestly, Oklahoma State has the best shot there now, and then that's nah, not gonna happen. Yeah. So Big Twelve out of the playoff. Mm, you don't even want to mention this one, Mississippi State. Oh Lord. Big upset. Yeah. Over LSU, okay. defending national champions. Uh, Georgia did not look very good early. Um, early Arkansas looked pretty good against them georgia switch switch quarterbacks though and did they got things rolling i actually didn't yeah. know that um so yeah there were, there were some teams that um basically on the day that we're playing the number two team in the country is like okay you know maybe some maybe it's possible yeah uh, i'm not sure i ever got to that point like maybe it's possible but it was just like it's maybe it is possible i'm i am sure i never got to that point <laughs> uh but the problem is uh cameron that alabama doesn't doesn't lose to bad teams in fact uh, they showed a statistic on the screen uh they have now won 91 games in a row against unranked opponents they just don't mess up yeah they don't stub their toe they don't lose the bad teams they don't beat themselves they're so disciplined uh so i just kind of feel last year their only losses were to auburn and lsu by a combined eight points yeah so i i kind of knew like again we, we talked about it so much don't judge too much off of this game because Alabama truly is like the greatest program in the country and they yeah. never, they don't lose to unranked teams. Yeah. So it's just not going to happen. Yeah. If you want to talk about like uh, the fact that they missed the playoff last year and haven't won a national championship in like 365 days, then, and you want to say like their dynasty is over, I, that's just the, you just can't go that far with it. I mean, they've been number one in the country just so many weeks you know yeah and they're at the top five in the recruiting rankings every year they're making the college football playoff every year except last year and they're probably a little bit better this year than they were last year yeah they just are the most consistent program over the last five to ten years yeah and when you look at dynasty there's there's enough variance just in winning the actual national championship winning it all is so hard to do i'm considering a dynasty i'm including like trips to the playoff Mm -hmm. and like just double digit win seasons yeah in you have to win some national championships in there as well in my opinion it's kind of like um you know the new england patriots or something when they go on a streak of that many super bowl appearances out of so many years sure they've won a lot of them but i'm kind of just lumping that whole era they're always there yeah Yeah. a always a force dynasty type era yeah yeah not only um is alabama good but we're playing week one and they got all their everybody's healthy week one so all those five star players are are good to go 
Alabama or Missouri, I should say, more healthy than I think we would have even hoped for two weeks ago when we found out there was yeah. some uh, the, a COVID right. situation. Uh, Hazelton still wasn't practicing much at all. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a few things like that just kind of broke Missouri's way here at the last minute. So they were m- pretty much mostly healthy for this game. Mm-hmm. But we did lose Jarvis Ware pretty much right as soon as the game started. Right. Which, I was going to ask you about that. Do you, we know anything? He's day-to-day is okay. what I've heard uh, with a, some kind of knee injury. But so day-to-day with, the, with a knee injury, it can't be anything more than a sprain. Right. And uh, hopefully he be, he'll be back. But, you know, Coach mentioned that uh, Ishmael uh, Burdine was – he was part of the plan anyway, even if Ware was healthy. So – and he got a lot of playing time. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously he had to defend Jalen Waddle for the whole game, so it's kind of hard to judge how well he played. But um, I don't think that he he did terrible, and so I'm I'm kind of excited to see um, him out there a little bit more. Yes, um, Alabama kind of just ran away with this one early, uh, jumped out to a first half lead of 28 to three. They also scored the first touchdown of the second half to make it 35 to three before Missouri showed some life on offense. And um, Missouri actually outscored Alabama 16 to 10 in the second half for that final score of 38 to 19. Obviously, now Alabama's 1 and 0, Missouri 0 and 1. Um, right off the bat, here, Kyle, I want to put you on the spot. I want you to give me three players that you were impressed with. Three Missouri players that you were impressed with out of this first game. Um, I would say that. These aren't necessarily the three best players, but the three that pleasantly surprised me. Sure. Um, honestly, number one, I probably have to say Martez Manuel. Uh, he, I didn't even know if he was going to start. I didn't even know if he would play that much this year because of all the depth at that position. Um, he beat Stacey Brown out for the strong safety position, and I think he showed why um, in this game. He had three and a half tackles for loss. Uh, he was he was everywhere making tackles, and you know that's something that we didn't really see a lot in the Barry Odom era was guys just completing tackles so many broken tackles and against Alabama Najee Harris I mean one of the best running backs in the country he's massive uh I felt like Missouri did a pretty good job of just getting him down and uh not letting him get past the line of scrimmage and when they got him in a in a precarious spot in the backfield they actually found a way to 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 get him down and, and didn't let him weasel his way out so that was something Missouri did very well, but I, I especially noticed I felt like Martez Manuel did that really well. That was one of the three that – I wrote down several names knowing that you'd probably take a couple of them. So, uh, yes, I had him down as well. I was very impressed by him. Yeah. And he's obviously from Columbia too, so that's a, a story you love to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, another guy uh, was Trajan Jeffcoat, literally named to the roster, like put on the roster like a week before the game. Uh, we weren't sure where he's been. We, we, I don't know what anything about where he's been in the last year, but uh, he played really, really well, especially towards the end of the game, maybe when some of I'm – not, I'm not sure what Alabama's offensive line situation looked like. I don't know if all their starters played, uh, but he took advantage of, of that opportunity, and he looked really well. He looked very good. He was getting around the corner, getting pressure. Um, he looked very fast, very agile. So He did make a play um – sort of at the sideline where he stopped um, a play for basically no gain in the first half. So that I went back and rewatched the game and I did take note that he was active in the first half as well, making a couple plays. Yeah, that's, that was so needed considering the the depth of the position. We, uh, we really need him to continue to be great. Yeah. And he was another one that I wrote down on my short list here. Yeah. And I just told this to you actually before we started recording, but I saw um, on Twitter, I think coach Drinkwitz is actually, or they may be doing some kind of news conference right now or something, but uh, defensive coordinator, Ryan Walters said some players on the roster were literally crying tears of joy when Trajan Jeffcoat was announced that he was coming back. So obviously a great player, but must be really respected in the locker room and uh, a leader. Absolutely. Uh, go ahead and give your third one because you've taken two of mine, then I'll fill in with uh, a couple that I had. Uh, I bet you may have my third as well, but uh, Jalen Knox. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm so happy that they put him back in the slot where he played a lot in high school and uh, just got him more involved. And, man, they were doing a lot of pre-snap motion. And I noticed that especially Jalen Knox was, in particular, running back and forth uh, – behind the line of scrimmage like before play started so 
uh, but I can't remember his exact line, but I think he – Five receptions, 63 yards. Yeah, so obviously not an amazing game, but against Alabama, that's pretty good. We'll take that. Yeah, and for time. a guy that kind of has bounced around a little bit and uh, hasn't been super consistent, that was And he's that was not going to be the first option on most – you know, yeah. on the structure of most passing right. plays. I legitimately feel really good about three or four of our pass catchers, and I haven't felt that way for a while. Yeah, he also had a six-yard rush on one of those end-around plays. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are all three guys that I had written down. Um, I echo your sentiments on all three of those. I'll add a couple more. Um, Harrison Mevis. I mean, what more could you want there than just – making field goals yeah he looked great yeah i mean looked like very strong kicks yeah. like very obviously very accurate right down yep. the middle i mean we only saw him kick like two or three times probably but i mean he was just it just money. seemed easy yeah yeah so hopefully good we're in good hands there i yeah. think at least until we have reason to be worried i think we'll be confident i will be confident every time he steps out there yeah as long as it's you know reasonable distance so I was impressed with him. Um, this one, uh, I'm going to cheat a little bit since you took two of mine. I'm going to, or all three of mine that I had written down. I'm going to cheat and say Joshua Bledsoe and uh, Tyree Gillespie. They didn't do anything that I that I was surprised by necessarily, but I was just impressed with how solid they were and how they did live up to expectations mm-hmm. against potentially the best team in the country yeah and especially against the team with the best group of skill position players in the country yeah and there were times where even though there was a completed pass even though there was a long completed pass for a touchdown a couple times it was really just a great play by the offense it was a a great throw by mac jones Mm -hmm. and good plays by the receivers as many of those that there were, they were also decent enough plays by the offense that were broken up by the Missouri secondary. Mm-hmm. And there were plays that were just snuffed out by the safeties kind of coming up around the line of scrimmage yeah. and making big plays. So I was, even though we had big expectations for them, I was absolutely impressed with those two guys. I would say Tyree Gillespie is probably in the like 99th percentile of athletic ability in college football. I mean, the dude is probably one of the fastest players on the team. When he was running alongside Jalen Waddle on one of those long throws, yeah. I was like, holy cow. He's fast, but he's not small at all. Right. He's, he is a very uh, well-built individual, and he was really laying the wood a couple times there. He was hitting, hitting guys really hard early on in that game. You mentioned the tackling as well. Both of those guys were extremely impressive with their just ability to wrap up and just not let guys go yeah. and let that second defender get there in time to bring the guy down yeah i mean they were making plays in the backfield i mean they were everywhere yeah. in that game and i'm i'm excited to see what those two all, really all three of those safeties now i mean i almost feel like you can include martez manual in that group yeah. I and mean, the safeties are just really really solid absolutely um then i'm gonna kind of segue into my next question here to you but i'm gonna go first on this one i want the player that you that has the most room for improvement uh, going into week two against Tennessee, the player that you want to see something more from uh, going into week two. So, and I'm actually going to use my last spot of somebody that impressed me and where I want to see improvement on the same guy. And that is Sean Robinson, where I was impressed, his accuracy. Well, that's a place where I was really worried. That's an aspect of his game that I was worried about was his accuracy and he kind of proved me wrong in this first game um 19 of 25 throwing for 76 percent mm-hmm. um 185 yards and a touchdown uh only 25 attempts is not a ton yeah. but we know that that's not what missouri's going to want they're not going to want to throw the ball 40 times a game this season um he looked the part when he had a clean pocket and had time to kind of find his guys i, I thought which um, wasn't a whole lot right uh that didn't happen a ton and there were times where like damon hazelton had a couple drops in this one yeah. that i was just like come on dude like yeah. hazelton in particular was not helping out mm-hmm. sean robinson in the slightest yeah um jalen knox maybe inflated the yardage numbers a little bit with some of his runs mm-hmm. after the catch but 
Um, and then where I, where I have to see improvement from Sean Robinson is just kind of like, uh, knowing first of all, when to just give up on a play, you know, and that's, that's tough for an athletic quarterback. I think sometimes, I mean, we see that all the time, a guy who knows he can potentially make a defender miss, but there, I think were three plays where he just kind of did that spin out of the pocket and there was nowhere to go. Yeah. And he got tackled for like a 10 yard loss every time. Yeah. Coach was pretty upset about that. He was pretty vocal about that. And his, his, uh, post game interviews yeah. was just like, yeah, he's, he's got to learn how to throw it away or something. That. Yeah. Can't, can't if take anything, long sacks. Yeah. You can't take those long sacks. And if you're going to try to make a play with your feet, it's just extending the play by rolling out or spinning out backwards against Alabama mm-hmm. is never going to be the play. Yeah. If you want to make something happen, you need to run straight ahead. Yes. And tr- just try to get back to the line of scrimmage. Right. And he just didn't really do that a ton. When he got to the outside, he tried to run for a couple first downs. Um, and then just the uh, lapse in judgment on uh, catching the batted ball and then trying to throw it again. Like I, I can. <laughs> I probably would have done the same thing. Yeah, that's like kind of an instinctual thing, but just you gotta know just it's frustrating to, though. like kind of hit the ball down right and make it incomplete yeah but that was a weird one but I, I those think... those rollouts frustrated me but he still was a player that impressed me with his yeah. efficiency when he was throwing the ball and his accuracy yeah he had some really nice throws in that game and um you know some the big touchdown to tyler Beatty. i mean sometimes i think people overthink how difficult it might be just to, that the guy's so open it's easy to overthink that i think but he made a made a perfect throw had some really nice throws to Hale, hazelton as well um yeah i i think some of the running stuff was like a little bit interesting like okay i wish that they would just throw it here instead of trying to do some of these little cute running plays and stuff uh but again they're playing alabama and they have literally no time to yeah. think through some of these things and they're just, they're just there's people on them alabama's so just more athletic at every position right so i think that is something that could be more successful against a less athletic uh defensive front but um but my, my guy that I was going to say is Kiki Chisholm, and I, you know, he just didn't have a whole lot of targets in this game. Um, maybe that's because he wasn't open. Maybe that's because the quarterback just didn't throw it to him. I don't know. But I think that he's probably one of the most talented players on the offense and just didn't really make an impact in this game. And uh, I, I would like to see more of him against Tennessee. Uh, feed him the ball if you have to. But I don't know. I I think I'd like to see less – Sean Robinson running and more passing, but I still think that Larry Roundtree may have deserved more carries as well. So I, I'd like to see more. This sounds like I'm talking out both sides of my mouth, but I definitely I want more more Roundtree, but I also want more passing. Yeah. So less uh, less cute little option plays and stuff, even though I know it's probably not going away. Yeah, uh, I can hear you there. I do think though that that's going to be a wrinkle that we're going to want to see against just less elite yeah. d- defenses. Yeah. Defenses that just aren't quite as fast. Yeah. I think that'll work. However, getting, I don't know, it's kind of a double-edged sword because I think the idea is there that you are mitigating some of the um, offensive line, that some of the poor offensive line play mm-hmm. by just getting the ball outside and letting your guy have some space and make something happen right but at the same time you kind of just need to do a more traditional power run game yes. when you're just the other when the opposing defense is just so fast yeah that was definitely a thought uh, i had in the game as well was i was getting a little frustrated with how much horizontal running yeah. action there seemed to be and I think mizzou twitter was all on the same page there yes, being frustrated it, by that definitely and that may just again be an alabama thing but uh, I've heard Coach Drinkwitz's offense described as um, a lot of window dressing, basically. A lot of uh, trickery, a lot of deception. Um, so they kind of try and hide what they're going to do before the play gets snapped. And so that's where a lot of that pre-snap motion comes from with Jalen Knox running all over the place. And, uh, I mean, they literally came out in the first play of the game and ran like a triple option play, yeah. you know. So it, they have a lot of options it, within that that format but um i i would have loved to see it see, it, it felt like roundtree was really doing pretty well when he was running north and south yeah absolutely. and i just wanted to see more of that i guess yeah roundtree uh 14 carries for 67 yards that's good for 4.8 yards per carry yeah 
that's he, he looks solid really good um and the team as a whole so <laughs> check this out uh the official stats read 34 carries for 69 yards for two yards per carry however if you take out sean robinson's eight carries for negative 35 yards you get numbers of 26 carries for 104 yards or four yards per carry looks pretty good which is fine against alabama yeah Uh, better than fine probably um so yeah heading outside on like a speed option i'm with you that i could have most people probably could have said that's not going to be super successful against alabama Mm -hmm. now one thing that i maybe wanted to see a little bit more of and maybe this results in just handing it off to roundtree every time or Beatty, but the read option where you give robinson i mean he's making a read on that speed option whether to pitch the ball or not but giving him the option to just hand it off or take off and run yeah on the outside maybe try that a little bit more yeah um, yeah he definitely did do that a few times uh see where that de- see where that defensive end is and make the decision right and you're not and you're not getting strung outside as much you're getting you know north and south immediately right uh, more often in that type of play but it's easy I'm not to, an offensive coordinator. there's so many things where i'm like oh i wish we would have seen more tyler Beatty, but you know we just weren't on the field all that much right. and uh i think that you know that's part of the reason why we just kept trucking away because these guys just need reps uh the offense needs more reps to gel and get some more guys involved and we just probably in a normal game hopefully have more offensive snaps than we did probably in this game yeah uh and we kind of talked about it in the preview that it would be difficult for missouri to sustain drives just because we knew we were going to see some negative plays and Mm -hmm. some plays for zero or one yard um pretty often and that's just not a recipe for moving the ball down the field yeah um, we talked a little bit about Alabama, but I did want to just talk about Mac Jones for a sec and how impressed I was with him. And in the preview and the preseason, I was kind of talking about how maybe I thought Bryce Young would take over this team at some point. But in the first game against Missouri, who and we yeah. still think Missouri's going to have a solid defense, um, Mac Jones looked like the guy. It was a pretty clear difference. Um, he didn't even need to show off very much. He just had like perfect touch on some deep touchdown passes yeah. where it was just an absolutely perfect throw. Yeah, it helps to have Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith for sure, but but, Mac the, Jones, but the secondary was keeping up with the receivers for the most yeah. part, and he was just dropping it in where only his guy could get it. Yeah, he truly looked as good as a quarterback as they've had in a while, mm-hmm. and, and obviously they've put Tua in the NFL, so um, I, I, I thought Mac Jones looked really, really good. He was impressive. There was an, an interesting stat that the uh, broadcast brought out at some point which showed Alabama's offense average yards per game and um, points per game in Nick Saban's career and then compared that to just games that Tua started and it was like 100 yards it was like 280 yards per game and then under Tua it was 340 yeah and then like almost 10 points per game more when when Tua in games that Tua started yeah they were last year their their mantra was almost opposite from what it normally was their defense wasn't as elite as it normally is and their offense was scoring 50 points a game um, which traditionally I don't really think of Alabama being that way I think of the other way around but uh, and uh, on Saturday they looked like they had both sides going pretty well so yeah it'll be interesting to see how they do uh, you know against some of the elite competition Uh, three players I specifically want to talk about Um, first is uh, Nick Bolton and don't have a ton to say there he looked good yeah you could Um, tell they were scheming against him they were trying to run away from him yep and uh he still made some plays you know blew up Najee Harris in the backfield one time and and just on a play where he looked amazing yeah pretty early on in the game yeah Um, so like athletic yeah it's just and the the broadcast pointed out that him along with the two safeties behind him you're just not going to get past those guys very much now as a Mizzou fan it scares me to see those guys making so many tackles uh, because that means the running back is getting through the defensive line too often. Yeah, and you but, just almost don't even, just for a health point of view, you almost don't want those guys to have to be relied upon yeah, so much. you don't need them in every single play, every, Which they every single running play. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Nick Bolton looked looked good, recovered a fumble. Uh, Trey Williams forced that fumble, but other than that, didn't see a ton out of him. Yeah, I would uh, say, tra- sorry to interrupt you, but tra- again, Trey Williams, uh, probably the best game of his career honestly in yeah. my mind at least just the way that maybe not production wise but he just looked comfortable out there yeah. 
and he looked like a guy who belonged on the field yeah where in previous seasons previous games he's just kind of looked lost at times for sure although i'm excited that jeff coats out there too yeah i don't know maybe that competition can lead to some good results yeah um let's talk about connor Bazelak. um i'll just get your your thoughts on him uh, it's tough to tell, but you know, there's things to like about Sean Robinson. There's things to like about Connor Bazelak. They're fairly different. Uh, Connor just looked really relaxed out there, almost too relaxed. You know, he's got some swagger though. Kind of that uh, that James Franklin, yeah. just like, are you like, you know, we're playing a football game here, right? Like, come on. Yeah, I th- yeah, definitely. I think like Russell Wilson, like he just looks like he's almost falling asleep out yeah. there. But uh, you know. I think Connor is really talented and I, I personally love when he's in the game because I just think he's not afraid to throw the ball. And I, I personally think that's exciting to watch. Yeah. And, uh, there was definitely one moment in particular that he really screwed up a, a promising drive potentially. And that was on the third down play and, uh, had a couple of guys open and he could have even scrambled for the first down and, and just didn't. And like, I don't even remember what happened, but they didn't convert on third. I think, was that the one we threw to Hazleton? I, I, and I actually yep. thought Hazleton could have yes. made that play. Yep. That the, was exactly, the defense was right there, but I thought exactly that was, that had, ball was catchable. He had somebody coming across the middle wide open and I know he could have run for the yeah. first down as well. So, and neither of those things happened. So if Hazleton just makes that catch though, it, yeah. it looks a lot better for sure. But man, I just, I love what both those guys bring. Um, and, you know, he's pretty quick on the ground, too. You know, he looked nice on that scramble. looked like the knee was healthy. So He was going forward for a first down most of the time, not turning around in the backfield. Absolutely. Yeah, I think he only got sacked once. So uh, I, I hope they continue to use both of those guys. I think they both, like I said, bring different games. And um, this is kind of a, a season that, I mean, I don't, it's just a totally different season than any other. So um, getting it done with two different quarterbacks may just be the play. I don't know about that. I, I, I'll have to disagree with you there. I want Sean Robinson just to, if he can throw it, if he can complete 75% of his passes, 70% of his passes, then just let him Leave do him it. in there. Yeah. And that was even with a drop. I know one drop was uh, from Sean Robinson that Hazleton dropped. Um, if he, I think his game, because those sacks are so glaring and mm-hmm. just so clearly like what are you doing yeah if he doesn't have those three plays then i think we're talking about i mean i think the reaction at least uh, at least on twitter is completely different for yeah. sean robinson and i've seen a lot of uh people defending his performance in this game yeah and that's uh, fair yeah i think with the exception of tyler Beatty's throw i mean I think I saw his average like air yard per target was like four yards in this game, and Connor Bazelax was like eight or nine. That's true, and, and, so I, and I think we're going to see that. I think I'm, it just bugged me a little bit that he just looked afraid to throw the ball down the field at all, and even with a Tyler Beatty mm-hmm. throw, his mm-hmm. average depth of target was like four yards. So I would love to see him get more comfortable and throw the ball more. Yeah. And obviously, that's just maybe who they're playing, which is going to be the the tagline we use for everything in this whole game. Was like, well, it's yeah. Alabama. So and and to Bazelax's credit. Um, I guess if he just doesn't just barely overthrow a, gla- a guy on the the, the close ends or close sideline, um, I can't remember who the receiver was. It may have been Hazleton again. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he doesn't just barely overthrow him, that potentially goes for a touchdown, and his yeah. stats look quite a bit different. And uh, Robinson had a touchdown. Daniel Parker Jr. dropped a touchdown yeah. from from Sean Robinson as well. That made his made his stats look better. So there's a lot of uh, coulda shoulda wouldas yeah from that game but yeah and no i mean i i understand though I that mean, it, on top of playing alabama it just is frustrating i don't know i don't mind giving a, a second quarterback a, a series here and there yeah. but i don't like it being part of a quarterback competition yeah when you still don't know like like imagine well, I, we're gonna find out something this week when we play tennessee definitely you know that's a winnable game if sean robbins pl- is playing well I would be perfectly fine to just leave him in there and let him let him take the game away. That, I mean, that's I that is a probably ideal. Is yeah. if some guy plays well enough to separate themselves. I also like both of them and I want to see what both of them can bring to the table. But mm-hmm. I totally understand your point, though. Yeah. Um, we were talking a little bit about Alabama and then just got sidetracked. We, you know, we started talking about these Missouri players. <laughs> you must like them or something. Uh, Jalen Waddle, though. And Devonta Smith, they, they, both those guys were just incredible. Those guys are both future huh. pros for sure. Especially, yeah. I think Waddle just—it looked like one of the best 
one of the best players Missouri has played in a long time. Yeah. It felt like he yeah. was just unbelievable. And I think he's the perfect fit for today's NFL that likes to use offensive players in a variety of different ways. Yeah. You know, put them in the backfield. So well Get them balanced. going on jet sweep. Put them in the slot. Put them outside. I can see some NFL GMs just salivating over maybe picking him with like 10th overall pick or something. That play that he made on the on the deep pass where he got he was thrown around in the air, got yep. hit really hard yeah. and still caught it. I mean, you just can't even be mad about something like no, that. No, that was it's one of those plays like where I was thrilled. I was thrilled with the secondary. I thought they were going to jar another ball loose and yeah. on a bang-bang play and just be right there yeah. to make the play and not let him come down with it. But he made an incredible play yeah, on that. Yeah, just got to respect that kind of thing. Um, one, one other area that I was a little bit disappointed was the, uh, interior defensive line. Um, Kobe Whiteside ending up with just three total tackles. I think that's like a, an yeah. opportunity where with them running with Alabama running the ball as much as they did. Yeah. Um, he was definitely getting focused. Yeah. I, it just seemed like something needed to happen there, but uh, of course we're used to seeing, um, Jordan Elliott just that's true dominate in those situations yeah we really need another uh, interior guy to step up and help def- help defend the run and I, I know Markel Utzi got banged up in this game as well and I'm not sure how I've, I don't think I've heard anything about him since the game so hopefully he's back in action soon but I'm not sure uh, do you think the the kind of the momentum Missouri had late in the game was anything noteworthy or yeah I think so I saw some debate on Twitter about that because um Alabama had pulled some of their starters, but their second and third string guys are highly touted recruits yeah. in their own right. I would say some of their, a lot of their starters still did play most of the game, so it's not like they were playing full second and third right. team. So they still had some some starters out there. I just think it was so encouraging to see the team fighting at the end of a game. Like they got hit in the mouth and just kept playing, and that was something we never saw. Uh, as with Barry Odom as the coach never saw this team it always spiraled get hit in the mouth and yeah. then just like keep playing hard that that yeah they spiraled out of control every time and so I was really encouraged by that it just looked like a different team they looked like they were having fun and they really wanted to to win and and do it for uh, do it for their teammates um even though they knew that it was they were not going to win okay I'm ready to move on but there was another uh injury uh Devin Nicholson left the game at some point do you know if we've heard anything it was very late in the game maybe they just took him out for I didn't uh, even know he was injured precautionary reasons but uh Cameron Wilkins came in okay I remember Um, Cameron Wilkins coming in he he played pretty well when he was in there as well um but I saw some things out of Nicholson that I thought was was pretty good to see Mm -hmm. you know not nobody's gonna look amazing I don't know. There's kind of some give and take there. Like Nick Bolton's obviously going to look better than most people playing alongside him. But since he's going to be the focus of an offensive line game plan to some extent, um, there'll be opportunity for Nicholson or Wilkins to look really good next to him. For sure. Ready to move on to Tennessee? I'm ready. Um, I should mention Alabama scored 38 points. I think I predicted 38 and you predicted 39 in pregame. And... Um, 38 to 10 was almost the final score. That's what your prediction was? Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Right on target there. Uh, all right, Tennessee. Tennessee now ranked 21 in the AP poll, and we're going on the road to Knoxville. Uh, last year, Tennessee beat Missouri 24 to 20 in Columbia, Missouri. This is third year for head coach Jeremy Pruitt. And they're off to a 1-0 start after beating South Carolina on the road 31-27. to um, I didn't watch a ton of that game, watched some of the highlights. South Carolina had two turnovers, including one pick six that really helped out Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tennessee's defense looked pretty good in that yeah. one. I had nine tackles for loss. Um, I'll just give you a little bit more from that game. Uh, JG, as they call him in Knoxville, uh, Jared Garantano, <laughs> uh, was 19 to 31 passing that's good for 61 percent 259 yards and a touchdown however the offense was one for 11 on third downs Yikes. which is not good yeah, uh, they the, were lucky to win with that yeah kind of numbers right uh, the turnovers were huge uh, the defense held south carolina to just 89 yards rushing 
or 2.5 yards per carry. So they looked okay. Uh, that was definitely a winnable game for South Carolina at home. Uh, good matchup. The kind of competitive game I hope Tennessee yeah. has against, or Missouri has against Tennessee, and frankly South Carolina later. Yeah, in the season. that game was back and forth the whole time. We were, I was kind of watching the scores and then watched some of the fourth quarter. But there was a moment where I thought Tennessee might pull away, mm-hmm. but then uh, South Carolina kind of came back a little bit. Yeah. Um, their last possession, they had to settle for a field goal. If they could have found the end zone, that would have tied it. Yeah, uh, I mean, this is definitely – I kind of feel like Tennessee, South Carolina, Mizzou, Kentucky, those four teams are all kind of on the same tier in my mind. And We hope. We hope. That's where I'm at anyway. And I hope Missouri's right like, there this with is just a, This would be a monumental win. Like, this would be really, really big for uh, their spirits, their their team chemistry. And, uh, I mean, imagine if we – and I'm really, I'm really putting the, the uh, cart before the horse. Wait, is that, is that the phrase? Uh, yeah. Um, Normally a cart is behind the horse. Exactly right. And okay. You're putting it before it. Okay, so I'm doing that here yeah. by thinking ahead a little bit. But imagine Mizzou pulls off a win against Tennessee. I mean, they got an LSU team that clearly is not <laughs> what they've been in the past. Oh, that's where you're going with this. And okay. then they got Vanderbilt a week after that. Oh, you're just, I mean, there's a win streak in the books. I mean, <laughs> don't want to get too excited here, but the I guess um, it's easy to overreact after one week of playing, uh, but. It, it feels to me like the opportunities may be a little bit more realistic than maybe I thought going into the season. And I think that there are more opportunities for at least close competitive games than maybe I was thinking before. And I still don't know if I'm realistically calling for five or six wins or anything like that, but well, you, you I think... You can't walk that back already. I think Missouri... You're calling for five wins. I think Missouri is going to be competitive in every game they play outside okay. of Alabama. Okay. So, I mean, I love the sound of that. Yeah. So we were, pre- we were previewing Tennessee, but I decided to give you my whole season rundown there. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it. <laughs> uh, looking at Tennessee's roster a little bit more, uh, Ty Chandler and Eric Gray are kind of the one-two punch in the, at the running back position. Um, on the ground against South Carolina, they ran for 133 yards, uh, four yards per carry, and two touchdowns. Uh, so they were uh, kind of pretty much dominant in that regard. Um, and then it looks like nine different players uh, caught a pass for Tennessee in their first game. So they spread the ball about spread the ball around quite a bit. And their kicker was one for two. Uh, he missed a uh, 46-yarder, I think. Um, so... There's, there's still nothing that is terribly scary to me about this Tennessee team. However, I just think they're solid. Yep. They just haven't been solid in a while, mm-hmm. until last year, basically. Yeah. And they have built their team around their offensive line, mm-hmm. which is that's not something that you want to oppose. You do not want to oppose a dominant offensive or defensive line. And I think Tennessee's offensive line is potentially right up there with Alabama, like just just under Alabama for best in the SEC. They're all like mass, completely massive. Yeah, it'll take your breath away. I mean, absolutely, literally. <laughs> and they don't have the skill position players that Alabama has, but you know it doesn't yeah. take. All you need to be is Division One caliber when you're playing with an elite offensive line to make things happen. For sure. Yeah, I think they have a very athletic defensive line and and uh and linebackers as well so you know i'm not sure that sean robinson is still gonna uh i'm not sure he's out of the woods yet with with facing really athletic defenses that are gonna want to want to get those big sacks like they uh like alabama did yeah they'll want them um just sean just run forward yes throw the ball away and everything will be fine yeah i think he probably has learned his lesson i think he got chewed out a little bit uh <laughs> it looked like he was getting chewed out yeah. on the sidelines during the game so. uh, yeah i think uh connor bays like was as well yes. on that one play where he didn't just run it you're exactly right. for the first down yeah and those are the kind of situations even in a blowout now we're going back to our uh, back to alabama but those are the kind of situations even in a blowout where you just need your guys kind of reacting yeah in a way that when you are in a close game when those plays are essential it keeps the drive moving forward. It's not detrimental to a drive or, you know, the game at that point. Learning opportunities. Yeah. That's the, that's one of the beauties of playing Alabama first. Yeah. It's one of the beauties of playing a whole season that doesn't matter. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Eligibility means nothing. Uh, year one for a coach? No. Next year will be year one. Don't even worry about it. 
Um, all right, I think I'm ready to hear your prediction for this game. I, I want to say, now, I, I'll, this is the last time I'll bring up our preseason predictions. I predicted a loss here. You predicted a win. I don't know. I'm not going to say what my opinion just yet. I, we do reserve the right to differ as the season sure. goes on from our preseason predictions. Sure. I, I don't see anything in that Missouri did to make me think that they're not capable of winning this game. Uh, I think they are going to win. I think it's going to be very close. Um, I'm picking Missouri to win because I think they can win. And okay. I also <laughs> hate the guts out of Tennessee. Oh, man. yeah. I hate That's them so what I much. Like to hear. Uh, they, they, are, they are a bit more likable under Jeremy Pruitt. And when they actually have some results to back up their their talk or their fan base's talk, they're a little bit less hateable. I'm going to need you to stop being so rational. <laughs> and We hate them. We hate them, and I just broke your pen, <laughs> and now you hate me, and that's understandable. Uh, all right. And, uh, but, no, they, I mean, they're still, like, top three most delusional fan bases in all of college football. All of sports. All of sports. So. Uh, Let's hear it. You got this as a win for Missouri. 28-24. MIZ. Wow. Man. Oof. Well, I'm going to have to do the rational thing here and predict a loss. You would like to do that. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think Tennessee is even going to score 24 points. Um, they scored 31 against South Carolina. I've got them scoring 21, okay. big difference. Okay. And then uh, I've got Missouri scoring 17, 21-17. Okay. Offense hasn't quite figured it out yet. Maybe against LSU? Maybe? That, that defense looked vulnerable. Well, yeah. We're going to talk about that in a sec. That's an understatement. Yes. We're going to talk about that in a sec. Kyle's got Missouri with the upset uh tennessee's favored at the time of this podcast by 11 yeah. and a half points a, yeah that's a pretty big spread some spread uh you got them beating you got them upset in tennessee and i've got uh missouri covering the spread but losing 21 17 how about that prediction last week that both quarterbacks would play <laughs> yeah uh so let's talk about that for a sec there was pre-game chatter yes. uh saying that Connor Bazelak was starting. It's because the... I, and then I, at some point, I couldn't actually keep up with predictions. Yeah. I, I couldn't even remember what we said. So yeah. you're going to have I to refresh I, my memory a little bit. I predicted Bazelak, and you predicted Robinson. Yeah. And To take the first snap. The PA announcer apparently uh, said, Connor Bazelak, the starting quarterback. And Just reading the depth chart. Probably. Yeah. That's a, uh, they're assuming that. Yes. He missed so, the war. So all, the of war. The, uh, yeah, all of the beat writers and stuff were like, Connor Bazelak starting quarterback yeah. and so uh, a couple of our listeners that know that I made that prediction were like shouting me out I was actually grilling uh some hamburgers and like, I started later than I wanted yes. to and uh so I was like grilling right up to game time pretty much I'm like looking at my phone like oh nice and I'm like didn't even I missed like the first uh couple minutes of the game I had to go back and rewind it or whatever but uh that ended up not even being true right. like 10 minutes before the game we we're thinking Bazelak is the starter which did not end up happening uh, but I did predict that both quarterbacks would play, mm -hmm. which did happen. Oh, yeah. Which I was like, I have no idea. But ended up being right. <laughs> yep. Uh, we got some more predictions to make at this point in the podcast. Unless there's anything else you want to say about good old Tennessee. I, I think it. you've riled them up enough. We better move on. Yeah. Can't stand them. Uh, uh, producer Cameron's going to get us started on the old SEC pick em plus Nebraska. Uh, rest in peace, Big Ten. But they're back, folks. Um, <laughs> Eventually. Last week, I gotta just I gotta grill you a little bit here. All right, let's hear it. Uh, not only last week, the week before. Now, having done zero research, and not really only knowing that Mike Leach was a new coach and that they were terrible last season, you said that Mississippi State. I think the exact quote is, "They're gonna suck." Oh yeah. Was that it? Yeah. And they came out, and not only did they upset. Defending national champion LSU, Mike Leach and his air raid offense broke the single game SEC passing yards record with their with their quarterback, and he threw for over 600 yards, and they shredded the LSU defense. Well, 
they're not going to be able to keep that up. All right. Well, we both <laughs> predicted uh, LSU to beat Mississippi State, obviously. Uh, they were the big favorite in that one. But I just wanted to put your feet to the fire a little bit there and make sure you weren't you, – you're not just going to let that one slide. We're just going to let it slide that you uh, said Mississippi State, quote, they're going to suck. Oh, well, don't think that I'm on the Mississippi State bandwagon just yet. Oh, okay. I guess we'll get to we'll get to their uh, their matchup this week. Oh my gosh, they're still gonna suck if you go all in on this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. Um, what else happened last week? We both uh, I predicted an upset. I said that South Carolina would beat Tennessee. They did not. Uh, so you are one point ahead of me. I wish I would have got that wrong. Hey, right. So Tennessee would lose. Yeah. Well, thanks for picking them. Uh, Producer Cameron, why don't you take it away from here, uh, run us through this week's matchups, and we'll make some new predictions. i got to take my lead back. Alrighty, The first game this week, South Carolina at number three, Florida. Florida is a 17.5-point favorite. I'll take Florida. Yeah, Florida looks big Florida uh, guy. Fantastic. Two picks for Florida. South Carolina covers the spread, though. Yeah. All right, second game, number 13, Texas A&M at number two, Alabama. Alabama is a 17.5-point favorite as well. What did Texas A&M do last they week? They terrible. barely beat Vanderbilt. They looked horrible last week. Uh, give me Bama. Yeah. Bama. Or give me death. And he's got uh, – say Lou Saban's got them fired up after – you know, he he would call it a disappointing game against Missouri. Yeah, they took the foot off the gas pedal. Yeah, they're going to win by 24. Easily. Third game is 0-1 Ole Miss at 0-1 Kentucky. Kentucky is a 6.5-point favorite. Kentucky kind of threw the game away against Auburn. Mm. They were right there with them last week. Couldn't get it done. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to – Take the upset. I'm gonna say Kentucky. They're, they're just gonna fall on hard times here. Give me Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. I was gonna do the same. Oh, give me Ole Miss. All right. Next game is number seven Auburn at number four Georgia. Georgia is a six and a half point favorite. Six and a half. Interesting. Both of these teams look kind of disappointing last week, to be honest. What are we looking at? Uh, sorry, Auburn. At Georgia. Uh, I think Georgia did figure out something in the second half when they made the quarterback change. Um, the guy that they put out there to start was not getting it done. Yeah. Um, Auburn did look pretty good against Kentucky. Uh, I think I think we're going to look back on this one in four weeks and go, really? Georgia was uh, almost a touchdown favorite against Auburn? Mm-hmm. So, give me Auburn in the upset. Okay, give me Georgia. Here we go. Uh, Producer Cameron, I need to interrupt you here. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, I need to let you know that the fine state of Tennessee is has the seventh, is the state with the seventh most downloads of our podcast. So it's very possible that there's some Tennessee fans maybe that listen to this. We know our buddy Tristan's over there um, fighting the good fight on behalf of the Tigers in Knoxville. Yes, respect. Um, so do you want to alienate um, 3% of our downloads? Oh, man, let me think about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. If you're a Tennessee fan, then just stop listening. <laughs> He doesn't. He doesn't mean it. Uh, I just want to give you the facts and just make sure you're educated on the subject, yeah. and then let you. Okay. All right. Yeah. And uh, in this scenario, my feelings are more important than facts. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Tennessee fans can see their, see themselves out. All right. That's enough. Okay. That's, uh, that's enough. Next game. Yes. Um, Arkansas at number sixteen, Mississippi State. Okay, Mississippi State. Yeah. Now number sixteen in the country. Eighteen and a half point favorite. Eighteen point. 18-point favorite. Sorry, British Cameron jumped in there. Uh, I just can't wait to see Kyle double down on Mississippi State. They're going to suck. I cannot wait to see you pick Arkansas in this matchup. Well, of course I would not pick Arkansas because, like, it's Arkansas. Come on. I got to pick Mississippi State, but 
even if Mississippi State, I don't know. I, I, I see the wheels turning. You're trying to figure out how to stay on brand with the with the Mississippi State. Oh yeah, take. I mean they're gonna still suck, but I mean they got they're gonna beat Arkansas. Come on. Yeah, they're not gonna put up as many passing yards because they just won't need to right. in this one. Oh yeah. But uh, do you remember the little statistic I gave you about uh, Mike Leach when he joined when he took over at Washington State? Yeah. And they were they were really bad. And yeah. they, they were like the number number one uh, offense three of the five years he was there yeah i think that's gonna start i mean the sec is not known as a uh throw the ball 60 times a game league yeah and i think we're gonna see some crazy numbers the co- whole course of the season i think mike, mike leach and this offense actually has something to prove and he's just gonna kind of walk into the sec in every matchup and be like yeah we're just gonna throw it for a million yards every game rest in peace to mississippi state running backs yeah uh, yeah, give me Mississippi State in this one. I think they're gonna they're gonna trounce Arkansas. Final game of the week, number twenty LSU at Vanderbilt. Twenty point favorite. Vanderbilt is wow. Yeah, at home. LSU dropping from number six in the country to twentieth. This is why we shouldn't have preseason rankings, folks. Yeah. Aren't there only like 25 teams? Isn't everyone ranked right now? Uh, actually, something <laughs> interesting that I did see in the rankings when I was looking at the full list, um, Pittsburgh is ranked 24th. They're 3-0. and Michigan is ranked like 23rd, roughly. Have they have not game. played a game yet. What? <laughs> yeah. So well, those, those rankings are a little interesting. If I'm looking at this correctly, Tennessee was ranked 16th last week, and they won and dropped five spots to 21st. Yeah. There's some Big Ten teams ahead of them in the rankings that haven't played a game yet. What? And maybe the the pollsters are really low on uh, South Carolina. Tennessee fans, if you're still listening, I don't understand that. Yeah. So I'll at least we have that in common. Right. But that's it. Yeah. They should be ranked way higher. They shouldn't be dropped five spots for beating south carolina okay if you say so that's uh, a really off brand for you but okay well the rationality's taking over yeah yeah uh they're gonna lose this week though oh well they'll yeah. be they'll oh. be unranked after this <laughs> after we, this we week. can only hope yeah uh what do you, you like lsu to beat vanderbilt uh not really but i'll pick them you don't like lsu in that matchup really. I, i'm not loving lsu man they're going to bounce back. They'll look fine against Vanderbilt. Everybody will say, ah, that Mississippi State was just a fluke. Mississippi State's actually good, so okay. I'll buy it. no big deal. I'll buy it. All right, I'm down by one. I'm going to be up by two next week. Mark it. I don't know if that's possible, but good luck. Is it possible? Um, no, I can't gain three, no. three points on them. You can gain two. Yeah. I'll we could be, have a flip-flop. I'll be winning. That's all that matters. I won't look back. That's how it usually goes. Two years in a row. Wow. That's such a trend two times. Yeah. <laughs> Statistically, I believe that would qualify as a trend. <laughs> uh, you got anything else you want to tell the folks? Uh, I was encouraged. I was encouraged Saturday. Um, maybe not at the beginning of the game, but uh, looking at the whole, the whole game as like a piece of art, really just taking it all in, I, I was encouraged. And... Mm. Uh, Saw some good performances from individuals, and like I said, I, w- I was encouraged by the the fight and not not letting them uh, just run away with it, and that's something that we haven't seen in a while. So I'm I'm ready to see this uh, rejuvenated squad head into uh, Nayland on uh, Neeland. Who cares? If you guys are still listening, <laughs> can you tell us how There's to pronounce it? Literally nobody in Tennessee that listens to this podcast is actually a Tennessee fan. Why would an actual Tennessee fan listen to this podcast um i don't know if you're out there i appreciate they're you. crazy man i appreciate they're you. delusional tristan let us know if you know any actual tennessee fans that listen to the show <laughs> and if they don't don't introduce it to them this week actually do i want to see their reaction <laughs> i want to see them come after kyle on twitter <laughs> all right guys you can find this podcast on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify or on instagram and twitter at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week. <laughs>